0: The reading is from Isaiah chapter 38. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says Put your house in order, because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion. And have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. <clears throat> then, the Lord, then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears, and I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. This is the Lord's signs you that the Lord will do what he has promised. I will make the shadow cast by the sun go back the 10 steps it has gone down on the stairway of Ahaz. So the sunlight went back the 10 steps it had gone down. A writing of King Hezekiah, king of Judah, after his illness and recovery. I said, in the prime of my life, Must I go through the gates of death and be robbed of the rest of my years? I said, I will not again see the Lord himself in the land of the living. No longer will I look on my fellow man or be with those who now dwell in this world. Like a shepherd's tent, my house has been pulled down and taken from me. Like a weaver, I have rolled up my life and he has cut me off from the loom. Day and night, you made an end of me. I waited patiently till dawn, but like a lion he broke all my bones. Day and night you made an end of me. I cried like a swift or thrush. I moaned like a mourning dove. My eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens. I am being threatened, Lord, come to my aid. But what can I say? He has spoken to me and he himself has done this. I will walk humbly all my years because of this anguish of my soul. Lord, by such things people live, and my spirit finds life in them too. You restored me to health and let me live. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love you kept me from the pit of of destruction. You have put all my sins behind your back. For the grave cannot praise you, death cannot sing your praise. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, they praise you, as I am doing today. Parents tell their children about your faithfulness. The Lord will save me, and we will sing with stringed instruments all the days of our lives in the temple of the Lord. Isaiah had said, prepare a poultice of figs and apply it to the boil, and he will recover. Hezekiah had asked, what will be the sign that I will go up to the temple of the Lord? This is God's word.
1: So we're going to be thinking uh, this morning uh, about that chapter and the next chapter. We're going to think a little bit later. We'll have two talks split over the surface. But the big idea is, what are we going to trust in? Are we going to trust in God or are we going to trust in human power? Now, trusting, what is trusting something? I think trusting is something, is, um, it's like leaning on it, trusting that it can hold you. So I could have I could lean on this uh, I could, I could lean on this drum cage. Do we think it's going to hold me? Let's find out. Yes. Or I could lean on this tower of cardboard boxes. <laughs> Do we think it's going to hold me? Let's find out. No, not so much. <laughs> now, look, I think this passage is here really the whole of Isaiah, but this passage is here to encourage us. What are we going to lean on? God wants us to lean on the right things in this life. Are we going to lean on Him, <laughs> or are we going to lean on human power. Now, I want to introduce you to my friend, King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah, come on up. By the way, this was written to be a a, a talk for for all ages, including children. There aren't really any children here today. (laughs) So I'm sorry, (laughs) but I can't change it now. Um, This is King Hezekiah. Welcome, King Hezekiah. Now, today what we're going to see is King Hezekiah is just going to face two different problems. Um, And the question is, what's he going to trust in? Is he going to trust in God or is he going to trust in human power? Now, the first problem he faces is uh, is is there in verse uh, two? What verse one and two? Have a look at verse one and two with me of uh, chapter 38. Can I just grab the Bible that's behind you? Is that right? Brilliant. Thank you. Okay, so uh, verse one and two. In those days, Hezekiah became ill, and he was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says, put your house in order because you are going to die, you will not recover. So problem number one, what's the first problem Hezekiah faces? He's facing death. He's facing his own death. Um, this is a problem that's going to come to each one of us sooner or later. He's facing his own death and he's, he's absolutely devastated. He writes a, a, a song later reflecting on the experience. And you'll notice verse 10, Um, that he feels like his years have been robbed from him. Um, You'll notice in verse 11, he he feels like he's going to miss seeing his friends and family in the land of the living. Second half of verse 11 as well, he's sad that all the things he's worked for, his house is being taken from him. So he's facing death and he's very, very, very sad about it. And the question is, what's he going to turn to? Where's he going to run? Presumably at this stage, the doctors have done all they can He's gone to the doctors for help. But he's at the stage now where there's nothing more they can do. So where's he gonna run? Let's find out. Let's find out. Have a look at verse two and three with me. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I've walked before you faithfully and wholehearted with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah Wept bitterly, so he prays. He prays to God. In fact, verse fourteen says that he cried out like a like a bird, like a swift or a thrush. He moaned like a mourning dove. I think what that means is he cried out like a bird calling. He cried again and again and again. Uh, he cried out to God. So what does he do? What does he trust? What did he turn to? Well, he turns to he turns to God. Of course, um, uh, we, we get all the help that we can from doctors. Of course we do. We get all the help we can from doctors. But even doctors can't stop death coming. Sooner or later, it gets to a point where death just will come. And at that point, as well as having spoken to doctors, Hezekiah turns to, to God. And the question is, what do we think? Do we think God's going to be able to hold him through this or not? Let's find out. Have a look down with me. Verse 4 to 6. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I've heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. So God, God delivers him. (laughs) God adds 15 years to his life and promises to save the city. He turns to God and God God delivers him. So let's find out. Is God strong enough to hold Hezekiah when he's facing death? Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. He had 15 years uh, to his life. Hezekiah trusts God facing death and God delivers him. And Hezekiah is so happy about this. He sings a song. He writes this song. And the end of it goes like this. The Lord will save me and we will sing with stringed instruments all the days of our lives in the temple of the Lord. The Lord delivers him. God has power. What is he showing us here? God has power even over death. And that's why he's worth trusting him. He's got power even over death. And the same thing's true uh, for us sitting here today. God demonstrates, hey, welcome, come on in. He demonstrates to us that he has power even over death. When another king, our king, the Lord Jesus, uh, dies, and rises from the grave. Hopefully we're going to have a uh, a picture coming up. Brilliant. God demonstrates the same thing, that he has power even over death. And God doesn't promise that he's going to give extra years to our life, but he does promise that if we trust in Jesus, he can take us through death to eternal life the other side. Now look, there is nothing in this world that can help us like that. There is nothing in this world that has power even over death. But God's demonstrated here with Hezekiah and for us with Jesus dying and rising from the dead that we can trust him even with our deaths. And so he's the one that's worth trusting in. Now, just for a moment, I'd love us to, I'd love you to, I don't want to be morbid, but I'd love you just to look with me into your own future, to think for a second about your last moments, the moment when you're going to be gasping for breath. What are you going to lean on in that moment? There's nothing here in this world that can hold us through that experience. It's only the Lord that can do that. It's only the Lord that can do that. So what are we going to trust in? Human power or God Well, faced with death? The only thing that makes sense to trust in is the only one with power over that. The Lord God himself.
0: Our second reading is Isaiah chapter 39. At that time Marduk, Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent Hezekiah letters and a gift because he had heard of his illness and recovery. Hezekiah received the envoys gladly and showed them what was in his storehouses, the silver, the gold, the spices, the fine olive oil, his entire armory and everything found among his treasures. There was nothing in his palace or in all his kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah, the prophet, went to King Hezekiah and asked, What did those men say and where did they come from? From a distant land, Hezekiah replied. They came to me from Babylon. The prophet asked, What did they see in your palace? They saw everything in my palace, Hezekiah said. There is nothing among my treasures that I did not show them. Then Hezekiah, then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord Almighty. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all your predecessors have stored up until this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord, as some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, who will be born to you, will be taken away and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. The word of the Lord is you have spoken is good, Hezekiah replied, for he thought there will be peace and security in my lifetime. This is God's word.
1: Uh, Can we have King Hezekiah back up, please? Well done, King Hezekiah. (laughs) Um, Super. Okay, so uh, the first problem we saw King Hezekiah facing was death and he trusted in the Lord. Now the second problem that we see Hezekiah facing here today is flattery. Flattery. It might not sound like a problem, <laughs> but I think it is. What is flattery? Well, flattery is when people make you feel more big and more important than you really are. When people make you feel more big and important, it might feel quite nice. Um, uh, but it's when people make you feel more big than you are. A bit like a bit like a balloon being uh, puffed up. what flattery does makes you feel more big and more important than maybe you really are and that's what Hezekiah is facing today so have a look at verse one at that time Marduk That's a great name, isn't it? Marduk, Baladan, son of uh, Baladan, king of Babylon, sent Hezekiah letters and a gift because he had heard of his illness and recovery. Hezekiah received the envoys gladly. Now, the Babylonians um, are very, very impressive, very, very important at this time um, in world history. Now, you need to know that in the rest of the Bible, Babylon kind of becomes a symbol um, for human power uh, in opposition to God. The Babylonians hate God. They hate God's people the whole way through. And they become a symbol for proud, independent humanity, trying to build life up uh, in opposition to God, in defiance of God's. But they are very powerful and they're very, very impressive. And they've heard that Hezekiah's got better, so they've come. They've come to, 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 to give him gifts, And um, you might notice that Hezekiah is feeling quite flattered by that. Have a look at verse 3 with me. Uh, Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and asked, "Uh, what do these men say and where do they come from? From a distant land, Hezekiah replied. They came to me from Babylon. He's very, 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 very flattered that these big important people uh, have come to him from Babylon. And so the question is, what is he going to turn to? What is he going to turn to? Is he going to turn to God? Or is he going to trust in in human power? What is he going to turn to? Well, let's have a look and see what he does. Have a look at the rest of verse two with me. Hezekiah received the envoys gladly. And what does he want to show them about himself? What does he want them to know? Well, have a look. He showed them what was in his storehouses, the silver, the gold, the spices, the fine olive oil, his entire armory, and everything found among his treasures. There was nothing in his palace or all his kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. What does he, what does he do? What does he turn to? Well, he turns to his human power. He takes them to his storehouses and he shows them all of his treasure. (laughs) He wants them to, he's trying to impress them. He's trying to impress them with his human power. Now just think about how crazy that is for a second, okay? Who was it that just saved him from dying? Was it his money or was it God? And they're coming to say, they've heard he got better. So where should he be taking them? It's so like to the temple, right? He's just, we just saw verse 20, singing this song about God save me and I'm going to praise him every day in the temple. But these impressive people come and flatter him. And what does he want them to see? He doesn't want them to see his gods. He wants to see his money. He puts his trust. He leans on his human power. And um, it kind of seems a bit pathetic, doesn't it? I mean, the Babylonians... Like, Israel's power and money at this stage is nothing compared to Babylon's. It's kind of a pathetic picture imagining him parading round showing them all his money. And they're not interested in his money, except for him to take it, as we're going to see. They're not impressed. So what does he do? He trusts in human power. And let's see what happens. Let's see um, if, if that's able to hold him or not. Uh, Look at verse uh, 5 and 6 with me. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord Almighty. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up to this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, um, who will be born to you, will be taken away. And they'll become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. You see, the Babylonians were not really his friends. They weren't coming to to big him up. They wanted to attack. (laughs) They wanted to expand their empire and steal. And God says, yeah, that's what's going to happen. You've shown them everything. Well, they're going to come back and take everything. Nothing's going to be left. And that is what happened years later. The Babylonians came back and they did. They stole everything and they carried God's people off into captivity in Babylon. So Hezekiah, he lent on human power. And did it work? Could it hold him? Let's find out. (laughs) Thank you, Hezekiah. He lent on human power, and what happened? It let him down. Well done, there's a guy. Well done, there's a guy. (laughs) He trusts in God, and God holds him, even facing death. He trusts in human power, and human power lets him down. And the Bible does say, look, if we trust in human power over God, that's always going to happen. That's always going to happen. If we trust human power over God, sooner or later, it's always going to let us down. If I I build my trust on human power, whatever that might be, my impressive job... (laughs) can be taken from me my uh my money <laughs> it can be taken from us financial crisis can come and it all goes or even 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 uh, having an impressive powerful healthy body like fred richards over there <laughs> it can be okay it, it will be taken sooner or later Health's not going to last So Isaiah is saying to us, if we trust in human power of God, it's always going to let us down. So why on earth would we build our hope on human power when we've got the God of the universe who's wanting to be uh, our source of refuge and security? Why would we do that? There's nothing in this world as powerful as him. And and just for a moment, the thing I think is most interesting here in this passage is this. Do you notice it is flattery that leads Hezekiah to fail? Isn't that interesting? If you've been coming, you'll remember last week, the Assyrian army came to attack and Hezekiah trusts God's. This week, the Babylonians show up with gifts and he's putty in their hands. His, his insecure need for worldly recognition, that is what leads him away from God. Isn't that interesting? I suppose, what is that showing us? Well, I suppose it shows us that it's, it's not just opposition. It's not just being threatened that's a danger to our faith. Actually being flattered is just as dangerous. There's different ways that, that Satan can pull us away from God. But seduction, flattery is, is one of them. No, I just wonder, do you think of, of, of flattery that way? <laughs> Do you think of it as, as a genuine danger? Start, because what does it do? Well, it, it beckons us over here. It beckons us to focus and to concentrate on the things here and now. And it feels good. But it's easy to think if I'm powerful here and now, I don't need God. And I suppose it's got to ask us this question, hasn't it? Is there any area of your life where this world is flattering you? It might be your impressive job. It might be your paycheck. It might be a relationship. It might be physical beauty. all sorts of ways that we can be flattered now in terms of our human power. Is there any area of life where this world is flattering you? And do you realize that that is a genuine danger? Isaiah is saying, why would we trust anything here Over God. Hezekiah trusted God and God held him even facing death. Hezekiah trusts human power. And it lets him down. (laughs) It lets him down. So the question is, what are we what are we going to trust in? What are we going to trust in? Are we going to trust in our God, our Maker? Or are we going to trust in in human power? Now, what we're going to do now is we're just going to take a moment to 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 say sorry to God together for the times that we do fail to trust him, the times that we do have our eyes uh, taken up by the things of this world. We're going to say uh, the words of confession together. And this is one that we can all join in with. We'll join in the words in bold uh, together. Lord, hear us and help us. Let me lead us through. Jesus Christ, risen master and triumphant Lord, we come to you in sorrow for our sins And confess to you our weakness and unbelief. We have lived by our own strength and not by the power of your resurrection. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, hear us and help us. We have lived by the light of our own eyes as faithless and not believing. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, hear us and help us. We have lived for this world alone and doubted our home in heaven. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, hear us and help us. I'm going to invite the band up now. Um, And as the band come up, I'd love you to look at these words from Colossians 1, 1, verse 13 and 14, which say, "'He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness,' and brought us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Ultimately, we know it's the Lord Jesus Christ that can save us. He's the one, he is the reason that we trust. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you you are the one that saves us from the dominion of darkness and bring us uh, to your father, to God, into his kingdom. Thank you so much that it's in you that we have reassurance, that we have the forgiveness of sins. And I pray that in light of that, in light of who you are and what you've done for us, I pray that you would enable us to trust in you and to trust in you over all the things of this world. In your name we pray. Amen.